Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and we're back for another episode. And I know I always say you're in for a real treat today, but today you really are in for a treat. I have one of the most interesting innovators I've come up to meet in quite some time, Shana Weisinger, I hope I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> yeah. She has a company called Repurpose House, and she has looked at what I think is a situation that many of us looked at for quite a long time, which was how to properly use our content, not only in social media, but repurpose it, and came up with a great way to do it. So, Shannon, with that, first of all, long-winded introduction, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. So, I was wondering if you might be able to give the audience a little bit of your professional background. Yeah, absolutely. So, my background is in video production for content marketing in general. So, I have a company called Wake Brand Media. It's about six years old, and I was doing all video production for digital marketing strategies for years. And that's pretty much what kind of dove me into creating repurposed content because we were creating a ton of content for clients that was more value-based. It was funny, at some point, I had clients basically coming up to me being like, hey, I need a three and a half minute video about how awesome my business is. And I'd be like, well, you need a couple more pieces of content before that so people care about your business in the first place. So I really leaned heavily into strategy and not just creating video to create video and hope it gets views, but I really loved the digital marketing piece and like the audience journey and how that whole experience feels. So that's kind of the background on where I started in marketing. So Repurpose House has existed just a little over a year now, but one of the things that intrigued me about you and your company is what was the market need slash opportunity you saw, and then how did you create a business to fill that opportunity slash need? So it was a windy road. (laughs) We didn't just land on Repurpose House. So I had been doing video podcasts for some clients. Again, it was a a value-based type of content piece. And while I was trying to pitch more prominent podcasters on the video aspect of it, One of the things that I included in the package would be these repurposed assets. So we would create the video memes and I would give you that as a part of your full episodes. And I kept hearing over and over again from these podcasters, like, we don't care about the video part. What we care about are those assets. If you would just sell us those, we would buy them all day long. And so I started to do some research and I realized that there were ways that you could do it yourself which is fine. And it's not rocket science. It's simple to do. It just takes a lot of time. But there really wasn't a business that was doing it for you as a niche, as like, that's all that they do. So I actually started Repurpose House as podcast memes a year ago. And we were only talking to podcasters, only repurposing their content. And there was an interesting trend that we were seeing. It was either we were selling it very quickly. It was a no-brainer for people who were signing up or we were beating our heads against the wall. It wasn't translating to people. They didn't see the value. And I was like, okay, what is the common denominator on the people who see it as a really valuable tool for themselves? And it was that they were marketers. They were people who understood the value of marketing. They were using podcasting as a piece of their content marketing strategy. And I was like, well, I know marketers. I've been doing that for years. So let's talk to these guys. And so I rebranded to Repurpose House a couple of months later and decided to repurpose all content. So we went from just being like, okay, let's just repurpose podcast episodes to what else can we repurpose? Like, What type of content can we turn into really optimized pieces for social media? And so that turned into blogs webinars, speaking engagements. I mean, really anything you can imagine. 
I was like, we need to make sure we can take any type of content and turn it into something that works on social media. And that's really where we landed here. And there's no business who's really doing that for you outside of like larger agencies who have lots of different things that they do. We're just very, very hyper-focused on repurposing content for social media. So it was really even more than identifying a market niche or market need, you actually listened to your clients and figured out what they were saying and then even moved to re-niche or even super-niche yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny because as a creative and as a marketer, for a very long time, I was functioning under the we can do anything. Like I can do most of what people ask me to do in marketing, but really... I had to adjust my mindset and be like, well, should I though? You know, should I just be really, really good at one really specific thing and let other people be really great at what they're at and then niche really hard into something very specific? And that, while it was difficult to say no to a lot of different things, I think it was the best thing that I could have done for this business and really for our clients because we're really, really good at what we do. And it's a very, very specific thing. That was one of two pieces of advice I got when I started my area of focus now. And that that was absolutely right. As a lawyer, I typically said, well, I can do anything (laughs) and any piece of legal work that came in. But I focused on one area and I became truly an expert in that. And that leads to, I always tell people that if you give me a word, I can create a sentence, then I can create a paragraph. I can write a blog post. I write a bunch of blog posts. I can create a white paper. And then at the end of the year, I'll have a book. You take that concept actually in a different direction with the video content. So I was wondering if you could explain or expound a little bit on the concept of repurposing as you guys use it. Absolutely. So one thing that I find a lot of marketers are struggling with is consistently chasing creating new content for social media, for their blogs. I mean, you name it. And one thing that gets kind of left in the dust really is taking the content that you've already created that's really high quality, that converts, that gets a lot of engagement or has gotten a lot of engagement in the past and breathing new life into it. You know, my intention is to be able to take those longer form pieces of content and break them up into a million different pieces of content and then be able to post them on social media in a way that's hyper-optimized. So like for a blog post, for instance, let's say you had an amazing blog post that got a ton of engagement when you posted it, and now the problem is you're on to the next one, and then the next one, and the next one. That blog post that was so great and performed really well for you is just sitting there dying it on your blog because it doesn't get a whole lot of attention anymore. Well, you can take up to 100 words of that blog post, turn it into a text motion video, make it optimized for social media under two minutes, make sure you have a big headline that grabs the attention, put it on social, and then link back to that existing blog post and continuously get traffic to it. And the same goes for speaking engagements, for podcast episodes just like this. If you've already taken time to create the content, don't just let it die because it has so much life in it, especially the really long form stuff like these types of things, speaking engagements, things like that. Beyond the business opportunity slash need that you saw, another thing has really intrigued me is your business model. So I met you guys at PodFest Expo, immediately got what you're doing, talked to Sarah, immediately understood what you were doing. But the team in the United States is just a part of your team. One of the things that intrigued me is you have uh, partners, or I'm not quite sure what you might call them, but people who do the production value in India, and they seem as enthusiastic and as committed to turning out a quality product as you guys are. So I was wondering if you talk about how you created something like that, and frankly, how do you manage it? 
Yeah, great question. So actually, they're in the Philippines, but it came out of an interesting story. I was doing video production for a company local to Arizona. They're called Design Pickle, and they are a flat rate graphic design service. So I went to the Philippines with Russ, who's the owner, and his team to do a bunch of video production to recruit new talent. They were only Filipino-based designers. And I stood behind a camera and interviewed a lot of their employees and heard their stories and how their lives have been changed by full-time work. They're not freelancing and wondering if the ebb and flow of work is going to allow them to put food on the table. They had weekends off. They were able to hang out with their kids and their families at night. And their stories brought me to tears a couple of times because it was such an impact. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I had never really considered taking a workforce out of the United States. And after having gone to the Philippines and experienced that with Design Pickle, I was like, oh my gosh, I fell in love with just the people in the Philippines. So when I came home, I started thinking about what my next business was going to be and podcast memes started to kind of evolve. I wanted to make sure that it was a really, really safe space for our employees. Everybody's full-time. We have an amazing training program that people go through. We have team leads who are consistently making sure that everybody's skills are sharpened and they're excited to work with the clients. I mean, everybody on our team, when we hire, is hired based on culture fit first. And I mean, obviously, they are graphic designers. They can do the work. But I don't care if you are the world's best graphic designer or video editor. If you're not a great culture fit, if you're not excited about like life and about being in front of our clients, then you're not really a good fit for us. Like We have weekly team meetings with everybody. So I've got a really cool screen with a ton of faces on it. And we all chat with each other about our week and then go into you know things about clients and really connecting and making sure that we have... like transparency and well-being within the team is super, super important to me. Because what I didn't want to do was create a business that has just a bunch of freelancers. Nobody knows anybody. We don't know if anybody's working overtime. It was really important to me to build a team that really cared about each other. And I think that when you can build based on that pillar, then you're able to translate that to your clients and everything that you do. The other thing that struck me is the communications I received from your team in the Philippines Not only is it nice to get an email thanking me for a submission, but more importantly, I get a regular two or three times in the cycle updates of where we are in the process, if they need additional information, if a link I've sent doesn't work. And so I feel like I have a relationship with those people as a customer that I value. That's great. I got goosebumps when he said that. That makes me really happy because that's a big part of what I wanted the experience to be like. They're people. They're just as excited to be working on your content because they get to learn from you as well. And I wanted it to not be like you were working with just a software or I wanted there to be a face with the communications that you have with the business because I feel like that's when you really, when you build relationships, I feel like that's when you have great experiences and there's trust that's built. So we do like to have touch points through the entire process, make sure that you're looped in and never really asking questions on what your content's looking like. Or I wanted to make sure that everybody feels in the loop and like you are talking to a person, a human being. And that's one reason why we wanted to make sure that each content hacker is what we call them, has the same clients every single day because I wanted to build that relationship. So I'm really glad that it translates that way. It's always awesome to hear that. So this podcast series is entitled Innovation and Compliance. And one thing compliance practitioners continually think about, talk about, and get their management involved in is your values or your principles. And another thing that struck me is you state your principles right up on the website. So I was wondering if you could just 
walk us through your five principles for Repurpose House and why you think they're important to the success of your business. Absolutely. So Sarah, my director of ops, and I sat down. It took us a while to land on these very specifically because I wanted them to translate my life values and goals. And they were really, really important to me. So the five principles that we work on are we actively remain cutting edge in our market and share our knowledge with excellent educational resources for our industry. For me, it was very important that we were always ahead of it so that our clients didn't have to be. And so we wanted to make sure that we were on the front line of that. Number two is we provide a premier service with clear, streamlined communication that allows for superior customer and team member experience, which we kind of talked about. So that's exactly right. We want to make sure we're communicating and everybody has a great customer experience. Number three is we are positive and optimistic that all events leave room to evolve and grow. Here's the deal. like In life, things just happen. Like You can't avoid mistakes or mishaps, but I do believe that there's always a growth opportunity out of it. I've made mistakes in my past, and if I just dwell on them and allow them to kind of define that day even or that month, week, year, if you don't learn from them and grow from them, then it's almost like you're doing yourself a disservice. And I wanted to make sure that everybody on the team knew that, hey, we're all going to mess up sometimes, but let's make it a growing opportunity. Number four is our culture enables a safe place for both team members and clients to speak honestly and openly to cultivate a transparent environment of trust. This is for both, obviously, clients, but I really wanted this to be something for the team, especially with a different culture and especially working with the Filipinos. Like they sometimes, especially having been coming from a freelance background, they're nervous to even communicate when there are issues or when they're frustrated. And I wanted to make sure that I presented an environment where they feel like they can share if they're not feeling like something is right because we want to make sure that it's a team that sustains and grows. It's more expensive to train new people than it is to keep amazing employees. And to me, I care about each and every one of them. And I want to make sure that they feel comfortable enough to make the environment even better if it can be. And then the last one is we are a place where health, well-being, and quality of life are not simply concepts, but the baseline for all decisions. I had some health stuff a couple of years back, and a lot of it was work-related and stress-related. And I really, really take seriously health and well-being. And to make sure that that's translated to everybody, that nobody's working 80 hours a week trying to get things done, that everybody feels like their well-being matters is super, super important to me. Maybe a few years ago, I would have been like, work, work, work. But as the older I get and the more life experience I have, that turned into something that's super important to me. So one of the things that struck me also was the need for this message, not just to people like me who podcast or or bloggers or other creatives who are trying to get their message out, but I think corporate America needs to hear this message. And so I was intrigued when you sent out an email saying that you would go to corporations and help work with their team. I was wondering if you could describe that initiative and what you hope to get across. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I feel like educating and training is really what's going to bring success, not only like in our platform, that's great. But if you're a repurpose house client, I want to make sure you're successful. But across the board, just educating people and teaching their teams how to be super efficient, how to create processes that take the wear and tear out of having to go through your content consistently. I've learned so much over the last five years, just in video production, marketing, and now in repurposing, that a lot of the things that I think people know 
and they feel like they say a lot, they're like, oh, well, I've said it a million times, so everybody's heard it. When really you have to keep reminding yourself that like a lot of the things that are obvious to you may not be obvious to everybody else and they can always learn from that. So for me, I had sent out that email. It was the one-year anniversary of Repurpose House and I was on a mission to say, hey, let's make your repurposing strategy super clean, super simple because it doesn't have to be overwhelming. And I think that that's what happens initially when people think about an entire content plan is they're like, oh my gosh, there's just so much to it. When really, if you break it down and use like tried and true processes, it can be really simple, very streamlined, extremely efficient. And if I can shed some light on how to make that happen in businesses and brands, then that is a massive win for me. So we met at PodFest Expo and I've been going to conferences for a long time. (laughs) And actually I met Chris for the first time this week at yet another conference. And I told him the following. That was the best conference I have ever been to. And I mean, in 35 years of going to conferences. And it was because I felt like that conference was designed for me personally. And part of that experience was in the vendor room, meeting people like you. It's certainly, I always enjoy going to very big conferences where there's some national or international known vendors who have great products that I can look at for thousands of dollars. That is not really what is going to work for me though. But you guys were, I felt, designed exactly for someone like me, a solo blogger, solo podcaster, and can scale up from there. But your pricing, your delivery, your entire customer experience seemed to me to be designed for me. And so I was wondering, what was y'all's experience, or as you can tell, I'm a Southerner, what was (laughs) you guys' experience at PodFest Expo? It was a great conference. You're absolutely right. I had gotten a chance to meet Chris at Podcast Movement, not right before, but a little bit before that. And so we kind of got a chance to hit it off. We chatted a little bit afterwards. What was great is I got to speak at PodFest also. So I got to educate while I was there, which again is something that I really enjoy doing. I basically just opened the playbook on how we do what we do and taught other people how to do it themselves. But the people there, and he had promoted this to me before we even showed up when we were talking about us attending. He was like, I don't think you get the people are all hand selected to really get along and to be like the right group of people. And I had gotten a chance to view a bunch of the testimonials because we did some of the social media posts for them. And he did not disappoint, that's for sure. We had some incredible conversations with people that are in all different stages, like the solopreneurs, all the way up to like larger companies that still fit in that same group. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's hard. You're saying like you have these massive companies that their revenue is insanity and they just don't really relate. And everybody in that room, regardless of size of business really did get along. It was a lot of fun to meet as many people as I did. I was exhausted when I came home. My brain was like overloaded and fried just based on all the conversations that I got to have. But it was a really great, great event for sure. Unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I was wondering if listeners wanted any more information about Repurpose House or to contact you, how could they do so? Absolutely. So repurposehouse.com kind of breaks down how the service works. Also, all the social media channels were Repurpose House Co. And then feel free to follow me on. I do a lot on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's kind of my baby right now. I'm on Instagram and Facebook too. It's Shana Weisinger. 
And yeah, let us know. You can always DM us, see if you want to chat. We always have the feature to schedule a call if you have any questions. And also our blog is really great. We are trying to put out as much content that educates as possible in content marketing. And we do it there and through our show, The Content Coalition. So we always talk to people who are crushing digital marketing just in general. It could be SEO, it could be blogs, it could be video. And just to give content marketers the tools and more thoughts and actions on how they can increase their content game. Well, Shane, this has been just a fascinating visit with you. I greatly look forward to continuing the conversation. Yeah, thank you, Tom. This has been great. Thanks so much. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.